After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Good. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey kids, welcome to another edition of After These Messages, the podcast where we talk about the best part of television, the commercials. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. I'm serious, honey, your coffee's undrinkable. Pretty harsh. Well, so's your coffee. My name is Andrew Walsh, I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hey Genevieve. Hi Andrew. I like your coffee, by the way, for the record. I think you make a good cup of coffee. Wow, well, now I feel validated. (laughs) That was supposed to be... The opposite of sexism, yet somehow it was still just as sexist. Today on the show, we are not talking sexism. We are talking about slogans. We're talking about slogans we love and the ones we hate and the ones that are thankfully lost to time. Um, In fact, that last one, slogans from the past, was the idea that kicked the show off. And it did not come from me. It didn't come from you, Genevieve. It came from our friend, Ben Harrison. You guys probably remember him. He was on our show all about uh, liquor commercials about probably going on a year ago now. I don't know why I did that voice. He's the host of several podcasts, including Let's Drink About It, which is about the booze juice, uh, The Made Man, and The Greatest Generation, the best Star Trek podcast for your money. Ben's on the line with us now. Hey, yeah, Ben. Hey, guys. How's it going? You know, last time uh, you were on the show... Uh, you were you were helming one podcast. Now um, you are in charge of several, and yes. uh, your star has kind of risen a little bit. Like I was not sure if we'd be able to book you. Um, you are now an official <laughs> member of the uh, Maximum Fun Podcast family. Which, all of my joking aside, that's that's a great deal. Congratulations! You totally oh, you. deserve it. Uh, yeah, well, I've uh, I've had a strategy with my career, uh, which is. Um, claw my way into the inner circle uh, and take no prisoners. So I'm just a, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a real self-serving piece of shit at the end of the day. Wow, this has started <laughs> off hot. So is Jesse Thorne like tied up in a chair somewhere right now? Yeah, yeah, I've got uh, I've I've got him tied up in the basement and uh, <laughs> no, uh, Jesse has been a friend of mine for a long time and uh, we kind of got to be friends and collaborators first through my video career because he would like come to New York and do live shows and at some point I was like hey if you ever need videography for your live shows I would do it for free because I like your Sound of Young America show and uh, he took me up on it and we just got to got to be pals and um, he was not interested in putting Let's Drink About It on the network um, him being a famous teetotaler. Oh, I, I actually I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it took some persuading uh, with with the greatest gen because he doesn't want his network to uh, be only for nerdy white guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then why did he, he start he, a podcast network? <laughs> well, he makes a, a very strong effort to put shows on the network that are from diverse voices and. I think that we were probably a, a, a backstep for that uh, with the, the greatest gen, but you know, like he he makes a a very conscious and concerted effort to not be a nerdy straight white guys with you know bullshit podcasts club. <laughs> I see. So I will take back my application then. Well, yeah, like I I sometimes 
wonder, uh, you know, oh, is it just charity that, you know, always, he's been my friend for a long time, so he lets my no, stupid I, podcast I've, be out I of I see network. your social media traffic and your, your reviews, and I listen, to the, I listen to The Greatest Generation as a TNG fan uh, from, you know, back in the day, and it's so much fun to listen to. It, it really is an enjoyable way to re-experience the series. Um, I think without you guys uh, making fun of it, and without all the dick and fart <laughs> jokes, uh, it would you know it would essentially essentially be unwatchable. <laughs> I gotta say, like it, it kind of. Uh, first of all, you have upped the amount of TNG watching in our household by uh, I don't know maybe a hundred percent. Yeah, um, and it, it warms my heart because I remember that it was the very first time we met. If I can get uh, if I can get sentimental here, I don't know if you recall. You swung by a radio station I was working uh, at at the time. We had a mutual friend, and then afterwards we all went to get drinks in what turned out to be kind of the worst bar in Seattle was it like the Chieftain or something like that? It was like I, it was next door to two awesome bars. Oh yeah, yeah. We couldn't get into the good one, right. so we went to the the bad one. Right, and then and we we're all just talking, and then all of a sudden, like you and Genevieve got into a TNG conversation. <laughs> that's right, I forgot. And I about remember that. leaving the bar, and we're just like, "That's our kind of people." Now, full disclosure, I'm not a huge uh, Next Generation fan. I'm not a huge Star Trek guy myself, but Genevieve is, and I, and I just love seeing people nerd out about stuff like that. So I don't know. I just think it's so awesome. Uh, well, that yeah, we're. We're having fun doing the show, and the fact that anybody wants to listen to it is an ongoing uh, matter of shame and also bemusement yeah. for us. <laughs> you are the only person in the world who has less self-confidence than I do. And I really, really, really appreciate that. Well, We're kindred spirits. <laughs> thank you so much for the idea for today's show. Enough small talk. Let's get into some slogan talk. Subway, eat fresh. It's finger licking good. <laughs> um, I made that today. It took me almost forty-five seconds. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised you couldn't just Google uh, like slogan montage and have somebody else else had already made that. Oh. I did. I couldn't find anybody who had made it. So, uh, but certainly the first thing I did was to see if I could skip the work myself. <laughs> the the first uh, slogan on our um, on our list here was, I think, the one that kicked it all off. Ben, you sent us a note just saying something about old slogans that have been lost to time, and you included this one. I'm going to play this whole commercial. There's a lot to say about this commercial, and yeah. uh, the slogan will uh, the slogan will uh, make itself. Uh, obvious pretty quickly here. People are talking about the great taste of Vlasic pickles like never before. Here, my dear, try a Vlasic pickle. Why, thank you, dear. Now that's the best tasting pickle I ever had. Hey, Jimmy, want trade? Sure. Want a Vlasic pickle? Okay. Now that's the best tasting pickle I ever had. Vlasic pickles. Try them and you might say... Okay, uh, a lot to unpack there. Maybe we'll <laughs> come back to the, uh, the, the final one in just a moment, see where that lands on the racist scale. Um, but that is for, obviously, Vlasic Pickles, a commercial I'd completely forgotten about, but one that I grew up with. Um, of really? course, it's the stork. Did you not? Uh, no, I think that I remember the stork, but I don't remember this commercial. And I, I, I wish I could remember how I encountered this commercial. I must have been looking for a piece of audio for something else and just like come across this. But I was just sitting there with my jaw on the floor <laughs> at how, at how uh, shockingly racist and also 
totally incoherent it was as a as a bit of business. I do remember. I remember it well. Um, as a matter of fact, just for those who you know couldn't see it or don't remember it, so it begins the the very it's three scenes. The first scene is like you know a bunch of people at a cocktail party, and then somebody offers a pickle to um, to an old lady who watching again today. I'm re- I'm reminded about how I found her scary as a kid. I mean, she is the definition and these are of a cartoons, clone. You should, right? We should say. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, these are these are. Um, uh, I don't even know how to describe the cartoon style, but uh, the, the the commercial came out in 1982. Um, that that's kind of the era of this animation, and so the, the first it's like a really old, scary. She just kind of she she just supposed to be a lady at a cocktail party, but she looks kind of like a witch, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> the first one. It didn't jump out at me, but I don't know. I guess it. I guess it really stirred up something for you. And then it's possible, Andrew, that that's just your innate sense of misogyny. No, making probably you hate her for being a woman. Is it really? that bad of me to judge women solely on their appearance (laughs) and don't forget their coffee making ability and their coffee making ability Um, and then we see a couple of kids at lunch in this cartoon and and then the kid the kid smokes it like a cigar yeah they always do that they smoke it like it's a cigar and they say it's the best tasting pickle I ever hoid and then the final one is uh, is an Asian American I'm assuming Um, probably just an Asian or just an Asian who um, I don't know what language that is uh, Japanese maybe it sounds like Japanese to me, but I I couldn't really yeah, say. Yeah. So I actually it think... might just be like you know it might be nothing. <laughs> it might be like Asian sound. <laughs> oh God! If that, I don't think that's I hope the that's case, not if true. that's the case, that would be amazing. Yeah. But I don't think that could be Probably the case. Not. Um, but I actually think, as far as let's just take away the the presentation here and the racism, um, and I'll just say the sexism as well. Let's look past all of these very important things. <laughs> Why focus on those things? Um, instead, let's just talk about the slogan, best taste in pickle I ever heard. Let's say it without the accent for starters. Okay. Not yeah. a bad slogan. I'm going to argue a really good slogan for really kind of trying to identify yourself in the marketplace as being, yeah, we're the crunchy ones. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think it's a bad slogan. I think it's horribly executed. Um, but I don't know. like what it, is, is Why that- hoid? Yeah, it, it, why, yeah. Why the New York accent? I guess because the old lady does it, and then I, yeah, no, like, I think un, the old, unclear what the point of that is. My guess is it started with the actual stork, and why is it a stork? We also like the main spokesperson is a stork. So mommies and daddies love each other very much. They have pickles. The, stork the daddy takes out his pickle. Daddy takes out his pickle, and then the stork comes, and nine months later, mommy has a little baby. That's how it works, right? I have so much to learn. I was from you I was guys. raised in the South, so we didn't get a whole lot of sex ed. Yeah, right. uh, I I don't I don't know I I I couldn't give you an origin story on that and. To be honest, I had to watch the ad through to the end and then play it again before I could understand what they were saying because the little bit of accent that they throw on the end of the word there, mm-hmm. like it, it's hard to hear. And it's like, it's old timey sound design where it kind of sounds like they taped it in the place that it was actually <laughs> supposed to take place. So it's just it's oh, dirty really? sound. Like they, like they went into a cafeteria for the cafeteria scene? It almost seems like that, right? Doesn't it have like that kind of 1970s NPR story sound where Ooh. it's like, you know, like they're taping it on location and getting getting the take of the kid trying the pickle for the first time? You, my friend, have intrigued me. I like the way you talk. I want to take another listen to this. 
People are talking about the great taste of Lassic pickles like never before. Okay, well, let me pause it there for starters. That's the, the that's the spokesbird talking there. And yeah, so he's got an accent. He's got the accent. That's where the accent comes from. So I have some. I have an update. I have okay. breaking news. Okay. <laughs> in the sense that in the sense that this happened in 1974. But oh wait, hold on one second. Can I just play our, our breaking news sound? Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra, extra. <laughs> that sound is, that is the, the worst. worst sound. It really makes this commercial sound <laughs> oh, good. God. Okay, sorry. Go so ahead. this is the origin of the Vlasic stork. A childbearing stork was introduced as a mascot in 1974, merging the stork baby mythology with the notion that pregnant women have an above average <gasps> appetite for pickles. What do you know? Vlasic marketed themselves as, quote, the pickle pregnant women crave. After all, who's a better pickle expert than a stork? Wow. Or, or than, That's I don't know. fascinating. Or, or than a pregnant lady, I guess. Right, than a pregnant lady. That's fascinating. Yeah. But we don't know why he has a New York accent. Maybe mm-hmm. just because it's funny. Um, what kind of an accent is that? I well, don't know. The, it is. is it a, it is was it new... founded in New Jersey, so maybe. It's oh, a Jersey, so okay, gotcha. Jersey accent. Okay, so let's uh, start from this from the beginning. I want to People to are the talking sound. about the great taste of Vlasic pickles like never before. Here, my dear, try a Vlasic pickle. Why, thank you, dear. Now that's the best tasting pickle I ever had. Hey, Jimmy, want to trade? Sure. Want a Vlasic pickle? Okay. Now, that's the best tasting pickle I ever ordered. <laughs> I don't know. Do you... I think they get the Jersey accent once they have the pickle. Yeah, like, because the bird has them. the Jersey accent. Right. Okay, well, we've done a lot of good work here yeah. <laughs> today. Yeah. Um, well, forensic audio analysis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if I agree with... I feel like you know a lot more about it than I do. On second listen, on close listen to that cafeteria, doesn't it really just sound like a bad sound effect CD played? Maybe. Under, or I guess it wouldn't have been a CD back then. Maybe you're right, but I it, it it was noisy enough, and like the I guess maybe it's just the quality of the microphones back then. But yeah, I just I uh, I had a, a hard time parsing what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I I cannot um, recommend Vlasic pickles. I no, we're a Claussen uh, family. Uh, we're a Claussen family. If the pickles oh, yeah. are not in the refrigerated section, I'm not sure that they're the pickles for me. I get uh, I get pickles sometimes at the farmers market. Those are pretty good. Oh yeah, I would I would definitely do that. And sometimes I see uh, giant pickles uh, in delis that uh, tempt me. All right, uh, good pickle talk. Let's move on to the one that we've already referenced a couple of times now. Um, and we played a little clip of this at the beginning of the show. It is the coffee clip. Let me just play for you before we get to the slogan talk. Just enjoy this full uh, minute commercial from uh, the 1960s for uh, what brand Prepare is the Prepare to be transported. What is the brand coffee? Um, it's uh, Folgers, Folgers. Instant Folgers. So it's Instant Folgers, and um, there is a slogan in here, although not the biggest takeaway from this one minute of audio, I don't think. Harvey, want anything special for your birthday? Just a decent cup of coffee. You're kidding. I'm serious. Honey, your coffee's undrinkable. It's pretty harsh. Well, so's your coffee. You know, the girls down at the office make better coffee on their hot plates. (laughs) Well, see you later. He's so disappointed. It's just, he's such a victim in this house. And he didn't even kiss me goodbye. You know, if I could just make a decent cup of coffee, I could relax. So, relax. Why don't you try Instant Folgers? Tastes good as fresh perked. Good as fresh perked? I'll surprise Harvey for his birthday tonight. Cut to the evening. great coffee. It's Instant Folgers. Doesn't it taste good as fresh perked? Better. Better than those girls make at the office. 
He blows out a candle. Honey, their coffee can't hold a candle to yours. Think. Instant Folgers taste good as fresh perked. Try it. It's funny to have a whole ad that's about uh, infidelity. Yeah, Uh, yeah. and and it looks like at the end maybe we're going to have some mommy daddy times because the coffee is um, is going to keep them up. Um, Also worth noting that it's a pot of coffee on the table in that final scene. I don't understand why you would make a pot of instant coffee. (laughs) Right? Why wouldn't you? Seems to kind of defeat the defeat the purpose there. Um, So obviously the takeaway from that ad is. America was and is a horrible place to women. Um, but there's also a slogan buried in there, tastes good as fresh perked. I remembered this ad because of how atrociously sexist it was, but then I was like, what was the slogan in that? Uh, because I was thinking about slogans since uh, I had brought this idea up to you guys. And uh, and so I rewatched it and I was like, what does this even mean? I don't know what perked coffee is yes that is exactly what vives and i were talking about see we are i don't know how much but we're a little bit older than you and you were just saying before the show vives that people just a little bit younger than us probably don't even know what perked means yeah perked if you don't know what perked coffee is it's short for percolated and before we had like the coffee makers that we have now uh drip coffee makers um people would have these they had these like metal can't like pots and the percolating uh recycles the hot water through the grounds over and over again and uh there's uh coffee snobs will tell you that you can get a more robust better cup of coffee that way it's a way of making coffee that's really fallen out of favor um but for years that was how like restaurants and people at home made real coffees with these percolating percolators uh, and uh, I was just saying to Andrew before the show, I bet you anything that most millennials would have no idea what a coffee percolator is. I don't think I've ever, I've never, I definitely never owned one. I'm trying to remember if maybe my parents had one uh, when I was growing up, but my parents are instant coffee maker, coffee drinkers, or instant coffee drinkers. Yeah. Um, even to this day, huh? They will make even to this day, coffee. and so I, uh, they, they probably bought this whole instant Folgers thing, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, I think I might have had it uh, while camping. I feel like a percolator was something that you would take camping, right? Because you could do it just with uh, You fire. can do it with just heat. Yeah, I mean, usually there's something you pl- usually you plug in a percolator, but I, th- I there there is a kind that you can do just keeping it on a heating element. So yeah, probably. So that's what a percolator is, Ben. Well, thank you for educating me. Sure. Um, but, <laughs> but I mean, talk about like that that makes that that phrase good as fresh perked just would be so meaningless to people now. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's uh, that's strange about the idea of this is that they don't give any explanation for why she can't make fresh perked. Like, what is what is holding her what back is she from making something? Wrong? Like, is I think she, she is making too much. She is making fresh perked, but this is actually one of the criticisms, uh, and I think part of the reason that percolators fell out of style is that it runs um, the coffee like it, it over. Extracts is the words, yeah. So it over extracts the coffee from the bean, and I think it can get bitter or whatever happens when you like suck out too much of the coffee flavor from the coffee bean. Mm-hmm. So, so that's you probably... want something that tastes as good as something that's over extracted and bitter. <laughs> yeah, good yeah, point. That slogan falls apart there, doesn't it? It does fall apart, but I think that it, yeah, I think what that what Folgers is trying to respond to in the market is the problem that people were having using their percolators. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't hold together. It doesn't hold up. Even it's gotta, even it's got by two the standards. Also, even by the standards of the day, doesn't it seem like that was unbelievably acrimonious between the two of them? Like they were just, you know, 
he was basically just at her throat at the beginning yeah. of the sh- mm-hmm. at, at the beginning of the commercial, and he as much as says like. I'm going to the office and I'm and I'm not going to be home. You know, I'm going to be home late. Like he it's really it's 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 barely subtext. I mean, it's almost just explicit. I'm so mad at you that I'm going to have sex with another person. It almost <laughs> seems like that's what he's saying. Right. Yeah, cuz she Which, like, that other person is so lucky. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that'll be fun for everybody. Cuz clearly yeah. her read on the situation is like those girls at the office are moving in. I, I, I am kind of in, interested in the idea of this coffee kink though where yeah. This guy, this guy, this guy is at the sexual mercy of whoever makes him the best cup of coffee. <laughs> All right, let's move on. This next one I never understood. I feel like I still hear it all the time. Yet, uh, upon research today, apparently I'm just hearing things in my brain, or maybe it only exists in commercial in uh, radio commercials now. This is the Mazda slogan that they came up with back in 2000. I don't even know if slogan is the right word for it. Let me just play this 30-second commercial from the beginning and the slogan and the creepy way it's delivered comes at the end. The best way to build the family car you want is to simply start with the car you want and add more room. Amazingly versatile, incredibly agile, fuel-sipping Mazda 5. Having kids has never been cooler. There it is. What the hell is with the little kid saying zoom, zoom? It seems like something that's whispered. I always feel like I'm just like I was watching a Mazda commercial, and now I'm watching The Sixth Sense or something like that, or some sort of scary movie with a a ghost child. And I never quite understood it. Child of the corn. Yeah. And I I poked around a little bit today for some to to try to understand it a little bit better. Um, I got some answers. But before I get into that, like, has this bothered you guys the way it's been bothering me? Yeah, absolutely. I actually always kind of liked it, and really? I don't think that the version, the app, the ad that you just played, was the most uh, effective use of the Zoom Zoom tagline. But when it first started, it was more like um, the the commercials had a more um, kind of lyrical feel to them. It wasn't a lot of like you know jangly music and 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 up tempo music. It was more it was more kind of um, uh, thoughtful and and lyrical and it was uh, just a, a softer feel and so when you had and there is a little boy who usually mm. would like come into the frame at the very end um, and he would say he would whisper that zoom zoom and I thought that it did a nice job in the early versions of those commercials of associating Mazda with a more kind of contemplative uh, feeling I think the mistake that they're making for this ad is hanging on to the zoom zoom but trying to have it be like the same way you would advertise, you know, a, a Dodge Ram or like a Chevy. Right. Just like a generic yeah. car commercial with this weird mystical zoom zoom yeah. at the end of it. Yeah, with mystical. And I did, they, that's the, exactly the right word. So let me go back. The, the earliest, um, I, well, first of all, I did confirm that this uh, started back in 2000 with Mazda, with their old creative firm. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and the earliest commercial I could find was this one. And I think this might have been the first instance of this. And I'm, I'm still not digging it, but at least it makes a little bit more sense. Um, we see the little boy at the very beginning. 
and then we see a car driving around corners and stuff, and then it it shows a bunch of kids enjoying their modes of transportation. Kids on scooters zipping along, kids on tricycles zipping along, big wheels, what have you. And so my guess is, even though I, I look to confirm this, my guess is this was part of a campaign that was supposed to connect your driving experience with the childlike wonder of getting on one of those things yeah. for the first time, a skateboard and stuff like that. And I still don't quite get... This somewhat, I still get a ghostly sense from this kid. You see him at the beginning and the end, and he's kind of like looking into the camera, presenting the commercial to you. It reminds me a little bit of those. Remember those Boz Lerman um, commercials for Australian tourism? <laughs> Did, oh yes, I don't know yes. if you ever the, saw those. It's this ben. really, it's this really weird. And we covered it when we, I think we were talking about foreign ads or something. But um, it's this long story about a a man and a woman who are like breaking up, and then at the end. While the woman's like going through all her sadness, this barefoot Aboriginal child comes creeping into her apartment and basically whispers in her ear that she should go walk about. Walk yeah. about. It's upsetting. It's really yeah. upsetting. So I'm going to play this commercial for you and just kind of keep that image in your mind. I think this is the earliest Zoom Zoom commercial. Zoom Zoom. Zoom Zoom Zoom. I guess not a lot of reason just to let this roll since the rest of the commercial is this song. But yeah, much more like... I totally forgot about that the song. The world music feel to it. It's so different from where they eventually took this campaign. It makes much more sense in this context. And we should mention it does happen like somewhere out in like a desert plain somewhere and there's like this little kid in a suit who looks at the camera and says zoom zoom. So it's definitely... It like an Amish kid to me or something or like a uh, like an Orthodox Jewish kid. Maybe, yeah. He's definitely a kid who's overdressed for the heat and the barren <laughs> desert landscape, I would say. But at least, at least it looks like, despite it still feeling a little bit weird to me back then, that this kid has this sixth sense um, kind of vibe, at least it all comes together. I could understand the pitch meeting. What is the um, status of this commercial now, you ask? <laughs> uh, the status of the, the slogan Zoom Zoom now is Zoom Zoom is still a, a catchphrase for them, but it's a secondary slogan. Uh, this is a quote from Russell Wagner, VP of U.S. Marketing at Mazda. When we go into a focus group, we do a first opening statement. When I say Mazda, what do you think of? He asks. Uh, nine times out of ten, they say Zoom Zoom, he adds, banging the table for emphasis. Then I'll ask them to explain what Zoom Zoom means, and I'll get six or seven different answers. That's why our new slogan, Driving Matters, is supposed to address. It's supposed to solidify what Zoom Zoom means to people. So now you'll notice they have these um, Mazda commercials that has like what I call like the, the, the softer side of Aaron Paul uh, uh, doing the vocals <laughs> yeah. on them. Just like, <laughs> we, uh, the, hold on. I was going to do an imitation of Aaron Paul doing a uh, doing a Mazda ad, but um, I think I have one here. I'll just play a little bit of this. You guys have heard these things to death, I'm sure. Can a car be crafted? I only hear the guy from BoJack Horseman. Yeah. Designed with attention <laughs> and care to give a feeling that stays with you. So these do these no longer say zoom zoom on the end of them, but you do see the text of zoom zoom mm -hmm. goes across the screen. And uh, driving matters is really the new slogan. Although I think because I listen to a lot of commercial radio, that's where I'm still hearing that ghostly zoom zoom. Maybe that's yeah. right. 
Well, they can't uh, they can't put it across the screen on radio. Right, so. exactly. It's interesting oh. that Mazda. I feel like car commercials fall into one of two categories: either they're trying to sell you the experience of driving the car, or they're trying to sell you the machine that is the car. Oh yeah. And Mazda's kind of like we've talked about before with like technology. They're either trying right. to sell you the features, or they're trying to tell you the sell you the experience. Yeah, the doodads and, often, and Mazda, or the performance. I yeah, guess. and Mazda's Mazda's trying to sell you the experience. Ben, Ben. <laughs> Were you going to say something? It's one of those things where you you see it so many times that it kind of just fades into the fabric of existence. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I just have to accept the fact that I live a life where I'm going to see commercials for Mazdas where somebody says Zoom Zoom in them. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like, that's just a part of my reality, <laughs> whether is, I like it or not. That's right. And, probably and then you stop questioning the, it. Yeah, which is probably great, right? Isn't that probably what they're trying to achieve? I think so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's never made me consider buying a Mazda, but I've uh, crafted a lifestyle where I don't have to consider things like that. <laughs> when you're 80 years old, there'll be a hundred million things that you wish you could remember, but you'll still remember that Zoom Zoom is the tagline for Mazda. Yeah, Mike's, so that's taking up. And then I will space. go on a revenge quest against that <laughs> marketing guy that you were quoting earlier. My concern is the last words I hear before I die might be that little kid whispering in my ear. <laughs> zoom Zoom. All right, I feel this, like this is a good movie pitch. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, Veeves, this, uh, you have the next one on the list here, and um, I'm not exactly sure what your thoughts are on this. Should I just play the commercial, and, sure. then, uh, and then you can tell us why it's on your list? I will say whatever's in your analysis. I hope it addresses that that hot hot sax. I don't really have an analysis. I just really love that song, and I like to hear it all the time. Yeah. No, that's not why. Uh, that's definitely like an era where pop music had saxophones in it, and yeah. like in a way that it just doesn't anymore, and hasn't for a really long time. Yeah, exactly. I don't really miss that E Street Band sound. No, I don't either. And that that's a hilariously. Uh, over-the-top example, but I remember that, I don't know if you guys remember that song. Mm-hmm. As soon Very as I so. heard it, it like tra- transported me, like time <laughs> time travel. I mean, I remember that so vividly. And I think that the one of the reasons I just wanted to include it in this is that as I was thinking about slogans, like we talked about wanting to talk about slogans, the slogan that kept just popping into my head un- unbidden was hmm. just for the taste of it. Really? Yeah, and wow. I, I drink a lot of Diet Coke, but I only drink Diet Coke because if I drank real Coke, I would, you know, be 500 pounds. To me, Diet <laughs> Coke is like, it, even now, even when they've, they've tried all kinds of different formulations and there's Coke Zero and all of that, like, you can't take the sugar out of Coca-Cola and expect it to taste good or it'll taste like anything except chemicals. And I know there are a lot of people out there who live and die by Diet Coke. Again, let me stress, I drink plenty of it. But it just made me laugh as I thought about that uh, as I was walking around, you know, having that earworm in my head just for the taste of it and thinking, 
Oh, just for the taste of it, it tastes so terrible. Right. <laughs> that's the one bad thing. That's like the worst thing about it. Like, how about just for the calorie freeness of it? That's, right. that's the reason we're all drinking it. It's harder to sing. I mean, do you think when, that it was a mistake for them to take that tack, like to try to like convince us of the opposite to almost like tack no, the other way? No, I think way? they sort of have to, right? They have, and this is what every diet soda on the planet will tell you, Dr. Pepper. Uh, tastes I mean, more like regular Dr. Pepper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's their that's whole That's a good pitch. one, actually. And it's, and it's, I think there's a little there's an element of like uh, getting your brain to believe it, you know, that if you believe it, it's uh, it will taste better. There's all this evidence that like what we think about a product influences how it tastes to mm-hmm. us. Like they've given people uh, taste tests where they've taken the color out of a soda or a or something. Oh, yeah. And if without the color that you're expecting, it tastes totally different to you, even though it's exactly the same flavor. Oh, wow. Like if you turn like orange soda black. Yeah, it, people, it tastes different to people. So people, our brains are easily fooled. So it, it probably makes sense from a marketing standpoint to say like, Diet Coke tastes awesome. Right. Yeah. But I'm here to tell you, it does not. I have a different theory, which is that uh, I, I'm fascinated by uh, things that we see in in our environment that like the only possible explanation for them is that there was a big meeting and it ended with somebody just saying, fuck it. And, <laughs> and I can't hear that slogan without hearing just for the fuck of it. <laughs> and and I almost feel like somebody like had that on the whiteboard and they were like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait. And like somebody went up with an eraser and very dramatically you know, erased and then filled back in. Oh, I hope when they make Diet Coke the movie that that's in the, that's <laughs> yes. the pivotal scene. And I hope you yeah. get to direct it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I should make Diet Coke the movie. <laughs> I would love sound, it. That sounds like a Mr. Show thing. Diet Coke, <laughs> the movie, the ride. Um, all right, well, you have another... Well, this, I guess, isn't Diet Coke. This is uh, competitor uh, yeah, Pepsi Yeah, I, I got very hung up on soda. Now, this is... This is bonkers to me. I've never heard of this before. I can barely catch what's going on. By the way, a little warning. The audio is going to be a little bit warbly. Veeves, do you want to set this up? Like, did you, did you stumble on this, or is this something you remember? No, I don't remember this. Uh, this is for Pepsi, but it's from the 70s. Um, and I think Pepsi was maybe a very different, just had like a very different sort of uh, brand identity back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were obviously a cola. They're obviously a soda pop, but like... It just doesn't seem like the Pepsi that we know. And the reason I even included this was that I was scrolling through a list today of like memorable slogans, many of which I had no had never heard of. So I don't know how memorable they could be. But this is for um, a Pepsi campaign called Lip Smackin', or not campaign, but like a slogan called Lip Smackin'. And they actually had a the, yeah, gross, right? The full version is. Lip smackin', thirst quenching, ace tastin', motivatin', good buzzin', cool talkin', high walkin', fast livin', ever given cool fizzin' Pepsi. <laughs> so the first one is just just focuses on lip smackin'. You wanna give that a play? Alright, let's take a listen to this. Hey Eddie, how come you're such a big kid with the girls? Okay, wait, should we pause this yeah, for we a second? Yeah, we should probably set this up. Okay. This looks like a scene out of Greece. <laughs> oh my God, it's a it's diner so in the fifties. Keep in mind, this was made in like the mid '70s, so I guess it would probably have been around the time. When did when did Greece come out? Like the '70s or '80s? I don't know. Anyway, it looks like straight out of Greece. There's a like a a guy in a black leather jacket with a big you know slick back pompadour, and there's girls at the counter in their poodle skirts. And the first voice you hear is like the eighty the ninety eight pound weekly nerd guy going to Eddie, the cool guy. Mm-hmm. Your your Fonz, if you're your Fonz, Fonzarelli, yes, if you will. your Fonzie, your um. 
who's the guy from Greece? You're Travolta. I've never seen Greece. Oh, that's Travolta, right? Um, I, I can't think of his. I guess name. I can know that without having seen the movie. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I think Travolta is his real name. That's not the <laughs> character. <laughs> yes. Um, so the the nerdy guy says to him like, "Hey, how you how you do so well with the ladies?" And then he that that's his opportunity to tell them about to sing the praises of Pepsi. Okay, get ready for this. Hey, Eddie, how come you're such a big kid with the girls? You can tell from what I'm drinking that I'm really kind of smooth. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'll take a Pepsi from the counter and a stroll up to the booth. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And when I get to where they're sitting, that's my chance to treat Uh, bottom line there, I guess, if, if your wife at home is making coffee so bad that you can't have sex, go to the diner yeah. and uh, use Pepsi as an aphrodisiac. Yes, that and is, I will uh, say that Greece came out three years prior to this campaign, so I think it's a direct response to maybe to Greece. Okay. It's no wonder that Ed Sullivan wouldn't let that guy on his show. <laughs> is, that, is that a fact? Uh, you know, like, uh, I guess it was, um, is that, is that a, uh, maybe I'm making this up, but I thought that there was something about like Elvis being shot from the waist up on the, Cause of his pe- yeah, cause of his sexual. Oh, because it's too oh, right. sexual. Yeah. Right. And that, that commercial just is like dripping with gross sexuality, right? Yeah, absolutely. Or, it's, it's all very like, you know, yeah, it's, it's Elvis like it's, um, it's, it's Grease like it's Fonzarelli like, and it's what is interesting to me is like. Was there was this a real thing in the early seventies, like extreme nostalgia for this fifties era? Well, you had American Graffiti coming out around That's that true. time, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's like a fifties that never happened. It's like a cartoon fifties that I think America imagined in the seventies. Yeah. I wonder what other eras are imagining a fifties that never happened. Hmm. Oh, who? I can't think. <laughs> uh, I can't think. Yeah, who, no, who th- that could I- be referring to. <laughs> Um, they were happy days guys (laughs) it's so crazy also just to think about the idea of smacking your lips after drinking something like it makes it sound like thick and viscous in a way that you you just don't want a refreshing beverage to sound yeah i mean i always gosh i think it wasn't lip smacking good like the catch catch phrase for something else like i guess i guess i'm just thinking of finger licking good from yeah, Kentucky yeah. fried chicken which yeah, is, but is... it does seem like a barbecue sauce level of viscosity yeah, that right. we're talking about which if that was how pepsi was back then no wonder it's not as popular as <laughs> <Coca-Cola>. <laughs> right exactly they're like the cornerstone of um our campaign is uh mouth noise uh is everybody on board with this they're, okay good nobody's anything better okay. th- their calling card was that it would take a full minute to pour out a can of pepsi yeah right <laughs> um so do you want to try listening to this one lip smacking thirst quenching ace tasting motivating etc i feel like i really did it justice just by saying it. <laughs> okay uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I mean, the audio on that next one is so bad, it's and it's just so weird. I do. I will say something about that, though. Um, being unfamiliar with that kind of lip smack and thirst quenching thing, and the commercial, by the way, they say it really, really fast. That is something that we see a lot in commercial. maybe not a lot, but from time to time in commercials where, like, what was the big Burger King thing? And it became a challenge for everybody to, like, kind of memorize it and I then say it. I think that was McDonald's. It, or McDonald's. Uh, it was all the menu items, and they would they and they. It was such a great marketing campaign. They sent little uh, single play records, and they they put them in your newspaper, and it would be like a really is that how that happened? Yeah, and you could wow. 
and at least we in my, in my uh, hometown newspaper, uh, the Charlotte Observer, uh, they would you there was like one week where it was a promotional thing, and you'd get the little you know our uh, like what's the little what's the li- what are the little records uh, like a little forty five like yeah, a little like floppy a 40, 45. like a little floppy forty five and um and it came in a little you know envelope and you could play it. And it would teach you how to play. It wasn't just that it would play it. It would, like, teach you how to learn all the words. No kidding. Do you know this ad that we're talking about or these, this campaign that we're talking about, Ben? Guys, what was the past like? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, our line well, is we breaking have up. We're going to have to let you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's take a listen to this 1975 McDonald's commercial. All these patties, Oh. Lettuce and onions. Okay, the audio is horrible. It doesn't mean I'm going to not play it, but l- at least let me set it up for you. This is a montage of people in 1975 <laughs> trying to get through the special two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, tomato, etc. Sesame all seed bun. I think they're describing a big. <laughs> two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Say that again. Two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, onions, pickles, onions on a little... McDonald's Big Mac. Oh, so that commercial is just about the Big Mac ingredients. The thing I'm remembering was actually all all of the items on their menu... So it took a long time to to memorize it. Oh, it was like I didn't a, know they did. so they kind of tried to return in the eighties or nineties. Yeah, this would have been the with the kind of a similar. This would have probably been like the mid eighties. Oh, no kidding! I didn't I didn't know that. Um, all right. Uh, anyway, I do think that there were other commercials that did the same thing. The um, stuffy, sneezy, upset, cold. Like I think it's a, an interesting marketing ploy to get people to kind of like to kind of challenge them to yeah. do that, and then they'll go around and. I don't think that would fly these days. Like I don't think anybody wants to like do like carry water for a company <laughs> like that. You know. Yeah, and it, it has a very Maybe dated not. feel. I yeah. di- I kind of disagree. I'm trying. Maybe not in that particular instance. The idea of carrying water for a company, I feel like advertisers are doing a better job of that in 2016 than ever yeah, before. Yeah, maybe we just don't notice it as much. Yeah, because they had to. I mean, th- that was the whole... I mean, I've said this a million Someday times. Someday someone might like, have a whole podcast where they just talk about exactly, advertisers right. and their advertisements. <laughs> I mean, I sort of feel like that was the the challenge in the as, as you know, DVRs came into existence. It was, okay, people can skip commercials now, so how do we get them to go to our pages and actually watch our commercials? And from everything from like dumb parodies that people are doing or like, you know, Geico getting you to go to the website to see what happened in between the, you know, the 15 second ads or whatever. Let's move on though. Um, uh, This commercial, I'm, oh God, Ben, this is yours. And if we gave out prizes for the best example of a horrible slogan, you win the prize. Unfortunately, we're (laughs) broke as fuck, so we have nothing to give to you, but let's take a listen to this. Brown makes work easy. Brown helps me get it done. Brown keeps track of my addresses. Brown tells people their shipments are coming. Brown even prints the labels for me. Brown tells you you got a package to deliver. I love Brown. Desktop shipping made easy. What can Brown do for you? <laughs> what can Brown do for you? And UPS has quite deservedly taken a severe beating in the like, you know, on top ten worst slogan lists and things like that for the for the oh for that God. for that campaign. What were? I don't say this often on the show, 
But who were the ad wizards? <laughs> It'd be like if Rick Santorum ran a bunch of ads saying, you know, my name is synonymous with the frothy right. mixture. <laughs> right. It's, oh it's like, God. guys, like, this is the thing you want to direct people's attention away from. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's the, there's absolutely nothing that would, I mean, it's such a, a clean business. You know what I mean? There's no reason to bring yeah. in anything that would ever make you think of... There's a hundred million other ways to, to talk about you and your brand, <laughs> and this is what you picked. And can, Okay, so that's the slogan, which is just gross and awful, and it's not just us. We don't have a dirty mind. Like, everybody thinks that's awful. Can I also just point out in this commercial, for some reason that makes zero sense, zero sense, they said it at a bowling alley. It does not look like this kid works at the bowling alley. He's talking to the camera at a bowling alley while he's his friends are bowling. He's got a lot of free bowling. time because Brown oh, is, is... that what I it don't is? know. I'm guessing. Because that. then, like, he take, he, there are little flashes to him at work where he's using Brown to print out labels and other... He's using Brown to frown. <laughs> um, but, uh, but why is he addressing us at a bowling alley with his friends? It makes All no sense. All I can sense. figure is that he's got a lot of free time. I guess so. Well, no, it's also just like it's a very strange move to take your company's name out of the slogan. Mm. Yes, like it, it, it's almost like erasing yourself. In, yeah, in in your own slogan. Because do like, they ever? I mean, I think they say UPS at the very end. The the voiceover guy does a little bit of sort of contextualizing. But you're right. Like the memorable lines from that are all about Brown as the. Um, you know, uh, stand in or the proxy for the actual name of the yeah. of mm-hmm. the product. Who else has ever? Who else can we think of that might have done, might have done that? I can't think of anything. You, you replace their own brand with another name. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's very a very strange. it's a very it was a really strange move, and they were I think rightly excoriated for it. I remember one with like a guy with like like kind of a page boy haircut writing on a on a whiteboard. Like a, he's like oh, writing yeah. on a clear, a clear panel of glass in between the camera and him, or something like that. Yes, that. Uh, um, and I feel like that may be the one that I remember as being the first time I encountered that slogan. That's right. Can I actually play a little bit of this? Yeah. Sure. All right. International shipping. Well, your products are on a plane, ready to go. Now, is that the postal service, or is that the that... postal service ripoff? No, I believe that is the real postal service. And didn't they get in trouble with the postal service? So this is a UPS. This is a UPS ad using a song by a band called the Postal Service. Yeah, I think they. I think there was some legal kerfuffle about that, okay. if I'm recalling. All right, international shipping. Well, your products are on a plane, ready to go to your customers in Europe to arrive on Friday. But Italy wants it there by noon. Paris early morning, and London late afternoon. Well, if you had a UPS logo, now when your customers ask, you can say, "See, si, we, oui, and yes." It's not international shipping. It's international shipping with UPS. You even got a little tailwind. Okay, you know, I guess audibly that doesn't really work, but you are right. At the very end, you see the the phrase, what can Brown do for you, written in his brown handwriting on a whiteboard. Yeah, so that what that means is if that's the first, if that's like patient zero uh, <laughs> in, in commercial terms, they were like, so pleased with this on-screen text slogan that they're like, 
Let's start saying that out loud so much that we stop saying the name of our own company out loud. Right. Let's have Keith David say it in a way that is impossibly lurid and just makes your imagination run in a thousand different directions about what we could mean by brown. And it's not as if UPS was a company that had become colloquially colloquially known as brown, and so they're kind of capitalizing on yeah. how they're known, you know, in a in in the slang way. They they did that like that was all their brainchild. Yeah. You just dropped it's not like some. McDonald's embracing Mickey D's. It's right, great example. Exactly what I'm talking about. Keith I th- David. I didn't even know who Keith David was, and now I'm looking it up. That is a nice. That's a nice poll. That's totally who's doing that voiceover. That he's doing the voiceover. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the voiceover guy around here. <laughs> watch your, watch your step. Who's responsible for this next one on our list? For I don't even like to say the name of the goddamn product. I think it's so gross. Who put Gogurt on this list? I did. Is that you, Genevieve? <laughs> I did. And this is another one where it wasn't something that, that stood out to me in my personal memory, but a little research turned this up. And it is effing terrible. It is not good. So I guess I'll... Uh, I, it's kind of wor- worthless to play the commercial, I guess. The, there are three or four kids playing outside, okay? And one of them is playing with a kite. Um, and the one little girl is eating her gogurt. Anybody out there not know what gogurt is? Can I just move on, or do we have it's to yogurt find yogurt? in a tube. There you go. Which is, just think about that. Tubular. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> my, fr- our, my friend Jeff, when, when gogurt first came out, he said, I feel like this is going to... He said, I think this is going to really become a new way that people eat food. He was being facetious. He's like, yeah, they're going to start doing it with like chocolate. They can call it Hershey squirts. Oh, God. <laughs> what can brown do for you yeah. would be the tagline for that um, product. Um, so anyway, so this girl is squeezing the, um, the, the Go-Gurt out of the tube as much as she possibly can while her friends are at first like kind of playing around her and then uh, watching her as she's just trying to get the last... Last bits bits of Go-Gurt. She's just slurping, slurping, slurping so that she can make that uh, tube of yogurt as flat as it can possibly be. I guess I should say Go-Gurt. This is where the commercial takes a very strange turn. Yes. Uh, Not only does she make her Go-Gurt package flat, in doing so, she's flattened herself out. She is now (laughs) as thin as a kite. And her friends notice this, appreciate this, and turn her into a flight, into a kite, and send her flying into the sky. She seems okay with it. They tie her onto a piece of string. Yogurt! Slurp! Till it's flat! Okay, there you go. There's a tagline. Slurp till it's flat. I hate everything about this. Just I the word ev- slurp is terrible. Yes, everything. The word gogurt is You know what? Worst. Retire moist, because slurp is the new bad word. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. That is, is That's horrible. Uh, now, this is a product and a commercial for small children. Is it possible that that's fun for small children? The idea of being turned care. into a kite and tied to the end of a string? <laughs> the slurp till it's flat bit. Oh, With oh. the funny yeah. voice. Yeah, I mean, of course, they're, they, that, that's their target, and of course, that's who they're trying to appeal to. Does it appeal to children? Um, I don't know. I don't have any children. Uh, I can yeah. tell you well, I don't I wonder, like it. I wonder if, if what they're trying to do here is like, you know, there's sometimes things where it grosses mom and dad out, and that makes it fun as a kid, because you're like... Yeah, we're kids and we we like stuff that grown-ups <laughs> don't like. That's yeah, you might you might be onto something there. But I mean, it, 
I mean, like, I remember things like when they would sell, like, Gak and all these, like, those kinds of toys that were, like, deliberately gross, like, green, slimy things. Yeah. And I get the... Dissect an alien. Yeah, there's a whole sort of subset of toys that, at at least when I last was watching toy commercials, were built around this idea, yeah, that you could have, like, gross things and it would, like, you could scare your parents and it it was gross. I don't... A lot of scaring your sister in those... Yeah. Yeah. In those... uh... But I don't necessarily get the sense that that's exactly what they're going for here. Maybe a level of absurdity and sort mm-hmm. of goofiness. But I think the grossness is actually an incidental or unintentional byproduct. Yeah. And the reason I like this I, commercial. Uh, it's like set in, in like a magical realism type of world. <laughs> <Yeah. right? laughs> and I got to say... It's I, a Bunuel-esque <laughs> fantasy scape. Yeah. Then they start slicing up a three-dimensional eyeball. Yeah. Um, I, Ceci uh, n'est pas un yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> all right you win i had one more thing to say it's not that's what we call a power out yes. so let's move on i'm also i'm also looking at the time here and it's very late uh, uh, east coast time so maybe let's uh, zip through a couple of these and if you want to stick around for listener feedback ben that's fine but if you need to go because it is getting so late i completely understand but uh before before we get to that let's at least get in this heineken ad um Ah, God damn it, Veeves. I don't know where to begin with this one. Um, I guess I will tell you that the slogan that we're trying to get out of this commercial here is Heineken refreshes the parts other beers cannot reach. This was a brand new slogan to me. I'd never heard it before. Turns out it's been around for, I mean, 30 years. It's 30 years. Um, and it may actually still be this official uh, Heineken slogan. It's listed and kind of, it seems like it's almost revered um, when you look it up online. I had never even heard it before. It's written on a, it's written on a cocktail napkin and they only look at it once a year. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the time it stays locked in a safe. And so the slogan itself is uh, very curious, refreshes the parts other beers cannot reach. Vives, you, you, <laughs> what are your impressions of that slogan? Well... I I stumbled across it again by looking up famous slogans, and what struck me about it was that it sounds like it was written by a non-native English speaker, right? Uh, which it it was not. It was written by a, a Brit. Uh, and Andrew, you did a little research to find out about how this how this came to be the slogan. Yeah, so it turns out, if I can just uh, kind of do this from memory, I got this off of a, a website, you guys probably know it, uh, loggerfrenzy.com. Sure. All the <laughs> logger frenzy news that's uh, fit to print. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and according to, to that fine publication, the story goes that there was some guy, Terry something, he was the, the, the creative assigned to this, and they were trying to take this Dutch beer and make it appealing to people in in England. Who were bitter beer drinkers. Yeah, and they were drinking bitter beer, and so he needed to kind of figure out a way to sell the idea of a beer that is refreshing. They basically gave him one word. Your your whole mission is around the word refreshing. Heineken beer is refreshing. So he's trying to figure out um, what to do with that. At one point, he borrows a company car because he's just like, he. the way the story is told He's having um, problems coming up with something. He's kind of got writer's block. So he takes a car to Marrakesh? No, he's driving. He takes a company car. Oh, he takes a company car to the... He drives to the airport, and on the way there, apparently... I like it. Sounds like something from like the Man from Uncle or something, but or like Get Smart. <laughs> yeah. But the the intercom in the car like buzzes on, and his like his the CEO or the boss says like, when you come back from Marrakesh, you better either have a campaign or don't come back. Right. So the the creative guy, I think Terry, 
goes to Marrakesh. I think it sounds like you just want a free trip to Marrakesh because the Marrakesh yeah, is a total red herring. It has nothing to do with it. <laughs> nothing anything. to do with yeah. it. Goes there. He's like freaking out because he's like going to lose his job if he doesn't come up with a, a world beating campaign. He wakes up in the middle of the night and just writes this out. Um, refreshes the parts refreshes other beers cannot parts reach. Other beers cannot reach. And comes back and he's like, here's your campaign. And then it ends up being a super long running, like we said, like well-respected but, slogan that's listed so as like one terrible. of the great slogans of the world. And it, like you're right. It really looks like somebody who's struggling with the language came up with this. And it does you, not I, trip off the I tongue. I want you to play the commercial that I found. Yeah, because this, this is a whole, this is a... This is a crazy this at a whole other oh level. Oh, my God. It makes the Vlasic commercial seem progressive. Yeah. So it's a bunch of, I guess, Roman slaves. Yes. Uh, uh, what like do you galley call slaves. Galley slaves down in the, you know, rowing this boat along. And we just see And these the are human actors, you know? Are, like, you could yes. sort of see this if it was, like, cartoonized. But these are, like, there's 50 basically naked, near-naked men sweating while they row in this <laughs> go on uh, and they're rowing and they're tired because they are enslaved they are all white i will note um, and they are none of them are like it doesn't look like uh, they're not they're not scrawny they look like strong healthy people but they're exhausted and they're dressed in rags yes and the narrator will explain to you in peculiar detail yeah. why they're so tired <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a slaver down there whipping the shit out of him. We have received a number of letters, mainly we imagine from non-beer drinkers, who doubt that Heineken refreshes the past other beers cannot reach. So we have devised this simple test to prove the Heineken claim. All the men, as you can see, are totally exhausted after taking Caesar water skiing this morning. Okay, did everybody catch that? Just want to stop and make sure that we heard right. that. They've been having to row really fast to take Caesar water. Skiing. Right. It's not just the life of slavery that is exhausting them, but specifically that task. There's not a spark of refreshment in any of them. So we give those on the left the cold Heinekens, and those on the right a selection of other beers popular at the time. Then we strike up the band. And immediately, the Heineken has the desired effect on the road, if not on the boat. Stop! Stop! We're going round in circles! That's, that's a very fae Caesar. So Caesar comes down because we've only given, as a, as a product test, we've only given half of the rowers on one side mm. of the boat, the Heineken, and now they are, they are refreshed. I mean, they are refreshed in parts that other beers couldn't refresh. It's the a other perfect people... randomized control trial. Yeah. <laughs> And the other folks, of course, it's basically like are the scene in uh, Shawshank Redemption when they all get to have a beer on the tarred roof. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my god, I'm not going to finish the end of that. I mean, that's basically it. Then, like, you're right. Face Caesar comes down. And he's like, "We're going around in circles." We're because going around in circles, right? Which I think was a Far Side joke years later. It, th- this is like a Far Side cartoon come to life. <laughs> yes. Totally. Anyway, so problematic slogan, even more problematic commercial. <laughs> but apparently, I mean, does that even bend to your ear? refreshes the parts other beers cannot reach like there's so like what what I a bizarre if what works about it is it kind of it sticks in your head because it's a little a little hard to parse what it means like i don't know maybe maybe the maybe there's some there's some like diabolical complication in it and and because it's complicated and weird it's some it's sort, sort of, of harmonic 
it's yeah, like it sets like, up in your brain. Like rather than being <laughs> like the simplest crystallization of a of an easy to understand concept, it's like it like comes full circle and you're like, wait, what is it? And then you're just like always wondering about it. I like that theory. That gives yeah. me an idea. How does this sound to you guys? After these messages, the podcast to listen to if you sometimes listen to podcasts now and then. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Like it's gonna, it's just, it's, you're going to have to work it out, yeah. and then it's yeah. going to stick in that your head. That one's a thinker. That's a thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a couple of, uh, we got a couple of uh, suggestions from, uh, from oh, listeners on our Facebook L'Oreal page. One? Oh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. You, Sorry. Uh, you, I know we're running a little long. I, I swear I'll keep this, okay, this brief. Okay. So this is yours. Do you want me to play the commercial first, or do you want to set this baby up? Uh, I'll just say that this is Meredith Baxter Burney. Oh, um, I love her. Of uh, Family Ties fame, and uh, if you don't remember, she was a she was a very I think she was probably a model to start with. Anyway, she was for many years the face of L'Oreal uh, preference hair color, and the slogan back then when she was the uh, the spokeswoman was because I'm worth it. Okay, so that's 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 this is commercial. It's Meredith Baxter Burney in uh, I guess a garden setting. I do a lot of special things for myself. I jog, love to sit in Mana, take care of my skin. But the thing that makes me feel most beautiful is, frankly, coloring my hair with preference by L'Oreal. The color's soft, it's natural, not brassy. My hair is so silky, feels good against my neck. So you can see, I don't mind spending a bit more for preference. I'm worth it. Preference by L'Oreal. So... So the interesting thing about this is I have a very specific memory associated with it. My mother, I was that I was probably a really little girl. I was probably like four or five when, when those were being aired. My mother, it was like nails on a chalkboard to her to hear wow. Meredith Baxter Bernie deliver that line. She thought she was, my mother always thought that uh, Bernie sounded so stuck up and mm. oh, because <laughs> I'm worth it. And and the interesting thing is, over the next couple of years, they actually did change the tagline to "because you're worth it." Oh! Mm. But the whole history is that um, when that when preference was first coming onto the market, we were just kind of coming out of that era a little bit later, but you know, kind of still coming out of the era that we first like that coffee commercial we talked about, where it's like women don't have a lot of agency; they just have to sort of have to like do whatever their husbands or whatever their the world tells them they have to do. So this idea of being able to say, because I'm worth it and I'm willing to buy more expensive, a, a more expensive product because I'm worth it was yeah. actually intended to be kind of revolutionary or kind of mm-hmm. feminist, sort but of radical kind of radical. But then um, well, it's also probably, yeah, like that era giving way to like women who actually have disposable income that right. they're making their own choices about. Yeah. It's all of a piece. Exactly. Right. Like it's, it's this, like, it was really, part and parcel or a signifier of this this really you know seismic shift we were seeing about women's role in society but as they got further into the 80s um some actresses including like andy mcdowell i was one of them and i think um maybe sybil shepherd or i know sybil shepherd did one of the one of those campaigns but some of these actresses actually balked at saying because i'm worth it for exactly the reason that it set mm. my mother off that I, they felt like it was too entitled too entitled yeah too me centered and so they started they you'll you'll see now i think that l'oreal may still use that tagline for some of their hair color or at least they have pretty recently but now it's because you're worth it oh interesting that is so I'm my glad, mom glad finally skip it. my mom had her got her way 
All right. Way to go, Mrs. Haz. <laughs> um, I, I just want to play one because I did beg people for su- submissions on the Facebook page today. Uh, this one came from Andy. Uh, I have not listened to this yet, but based on the description on YouTube, it should be, uh, I guess, worth a comment. It's the cradle of life. It's the center of civilization. Over the ages and throughout the world, men have fought for it. It's the most powerful thing on Earth. Hmm. So come on, ladies. Show it a little love. Cleansing wash and cloths from Summer's Eve. Hail to the V. Hail to the V. There are a lot of things I don't care for in that. There, that was the first time I've seen that. I'm, you know, uh, at a loss for words, I guess, a little bit. So it's very Game of Thronesy. Mm-hmm. Up until they, we get different uh, parts of uh, ancient history, as they say, the cradle of civilization. We don't know what they're talking about. Eventually, it's kind of uh, Middle Ages. We see. Uh, 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 jousters fighting and, and sometimes dying for, I guess, the V. Um, and then at the very end, when you hear the audio change, we just see a woman uh, standing in the um, in the grocery store choosing her feminine hygiene product. And then uh, hell to the V comes on the screen. That That's is pretty rough. Happened. Yeah. Like, what kind of society do we live in that we are trying to sell women products? based on the premise that their vaginas are basically the, their sole worth. I mean, we really haven't come that far. How, well, it how, is a product for the vagina. I know, but the men have fought and died for it. Like, right. Do you realize how unbelievably just reductive and sexist? Like that word, we haven't come any distance from that fucking coffee commercial (laughs) what I'll say is this when I heard the first two lines of that commercial having gotten no prior setup I was going to make a puerile sex pun and then I was like well let's see what the actual product is because it can't be that bad so uh, you would have done well in the writer's room on this one (laughs) what we're saying there right I guess so I mean uh, yeah, I mean, on my Star Trek podcast, I'm definitely not the funny one, <laughs> so <laughs> I'll put it that true. way. That's not true at all. All right, well, we have gone uh, really long, and again, it's already, uh, it's like, what, 10.30 your time or something? So this is the part of the show where we uh, check in with the Ad Council, um, but do you have time to stick around, Ben? Yeah, or do you yeah, yeah. Do, you want to stick around? I'm gonna, uh, I started this, and I'm going to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I just have a couple. We, we, we'll, we'll go through this Okay, kind of hell to the Ben, I see. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind All right, Veeves, what do we got in the old mailbag? Well, this one is from listener Brooks, and we didn't have a chance to get to it last week, but I did want to address it. Um, Brooks writes, I know you don't like the Olympics, uh, but you skipped the Procter & Gamble biannual mom ads. 
uh, for every Olympics for the past few, uh, they do an ad about how moms make the Olympian, and and I and uh, he included a link to this one. Do you want to give it a play? I can't remember if there's a lot of audio in it, so I'm sort of rolling the dice. Okay, so this is um, Proctor, Proctor and Graham. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, Proctor and Ga- how can I not just say P and G? How do you how Proctor, Proctor and Gamble? There you go. Okay, so this is. <laughs> I don't know if I'm leaving this in or not. <laughs> yeah, leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> this is Procter and Gamble. Thank you, Mom Strong, for the uh, for the Olympics. All right, can I just stop and say what's going on? Yeah, the audio I, is not telling. I can't see it. So we see an Olympian. Um, is, she, is this a famous Olympian? I know nothing about that. I know. Olympics. Just say it is. I, okay, this is a very famous Olympian, let's say, <laughs> uh, walking out uh, into the uh, Olympic uh, ring to do a sport. Uh, but she's flashing back to her youth, and we're seeing her as a little girl standing in a field as a tornado is approaching. This is the first time I've seen it. So as this tornado is approaching, she's mesmerized by it, but it looks like her mom is... Uh, kind of jumping into action and opening up the uh, the basement doors to yeah. so essentially, shelter them. I don't think we need to play the whole thing because I suspect that it's all visuals. Essentially, it's a, it's a set of vignettes like that. It's, it's a bunch of Olympians, and as they're about to have their moment of glory or their moment of, uh, you know, athletic uh, prowess, they're thinking back to something that their mother did that either prepared them for this moment or protected them in a moment of vulnerability it's and it is kind of i i actually deliberately brooks um left this out i did see it before we did the ads it was hard to talk about i think because uh there weren't a ton of there wasn't a ton of audio and i know mm-hmm. that they i know that png does this uh for every olympics and i mean they're incredibly effective but it's also there is a part of me that feels like it's like you can sort of feel the levers working a little bit and i think i just left it alone because it felt uh i don't know like I didn't have anything interesting to say about it besides besides yeah these are these are definitely they work your emotions. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm watching the rest of it now. I thought the commercial was gonna just follow um, that that one girl, but no. As we move on, we're we're seeing all these Olympians uh, flashing back. Like you say, one girl gets into a car accident with her mom, and her mom is strong for her, et cetera, et cetera. I don't um, know the story of these. Like I don't know if these are real depictions of things that actually happened to Olympians, or if right. these are more like sort of theoretical. Yeah, that's a good point because if the again we know nothing about the Olympics, so if these are actually <laughs> real Olympians, then obviously that must be taken from real life because they wouldn't just give a fake backstory to a real Olympian. Right? Yeah, I wouldn't think so. But these could just be generic athletes, kind of representing Olympians. Do you do you know anything about the Olympics, Ben? Mm, not a ton. <laughs> did did, you, okay, did you watch the Olympics? Uh, I watched as much as I could, but I uh, have been pretty pretty busy, so. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't as much as I would have liked. Well, um, do you guys think this commercial would have been more effective if instead it celebrated the husband coaches of some of the female athletes? <laughs> yeah, people love that. Uh, that goes uh, over well every time. <laughs> right. All right, what else we got? Um, this is from listener Evelyn, and she writes, Your reminiscence about toilet paper commercials of the 1980s triggered a memory. I was a little girl in the 1970s, and I remember these beautiful prints that hung on the wall of my older cousin's bedroom. They were Charmin toilet paper advertising prints. There are four pictures that you collected, I guess, from buying select packages of Charmin toilet paper. The prints were portraits of big blue-eyed girls snuggling with a white kitten or a chick or other soft, fluffy things. 
uh, baby with a soft blankie, and uh, what a, uh, what the adorable blue-eyed girls and white mittens had to do with toilet paper, I don't know. I never thought about how these ridiculous toilet paper <laughs> commercials uh, that couldn't talk about what the product was actually for kind of talked about it in this other way of saying right. just like softness. Right. And these pictures, and I'll post it to the Facebook page, are just... <laughs> Really, something else, Andrew? Can you describe? Yeah, they're these very. Pictures? I'm looking at them on my screen. Um, well, they're uh, they're I guess, so treacly. <laughs> yeah, they're very treacly, very cherubic uh, little faces. Um, uh, I gotta say, I am I am for this idea, though. I mean, we've talked about this on the show. I think it was was our inaugural show, like talking about gross. Yeah, no, it's just the to, opposite of gross. Like, I don't want I don't want a commercial to be drawing a lot of comparison. Like, I don't want a. a a toilet paper to say, what can brown do for you? Or what can we do about that brown? Or whatever the, the equivalent might be. I want them just to just kind of make poetic inferences yes. to softness or quantity or something like well, that. This, this takes that inference to the nth degree. Right, right. So anyway, I like it. I love the idea of decorating my room with um, pictures of little kids from uh, toilet paper These do inserts. look sort of like those creepy water wheel pictures you used to buy. So uh, Evelyn, thank Thank you. I, I didn't know about that, and it's it's really interesting to see that marketing campaign. Uh, one more. Um, this is from listener Lauren, and she writes, um, "I have a G for ATM, which is the Toyota Rav Four ad that is playing, uh, showing a couple throwing a stick for their dog in the river, then driving their car downstream to where their dog drifts down. Get he's caught the stick. They drive to meet him." Uh, and then they do it again. The wife says, or the woman, and the couple says, "Now it's my turn." Now, do you know what it? Do you know what it means when we say it's a G, Ben? Oh, yeah, that, that's a uh, that's a jeer. Yes, exactly. Yeah, nice, awesome. Um, and she writes, "This is completely tasteless. It gives people bad ideas about how to treat their dogs. Uh, it seems to have the exact opposite effect for me of those super sweet Subaru dog ads. And Subaru has like like completely cornered the market on heartrending dog ads." Um, and so I took a look for this cause I was like, yeah, that does sound kind of crazy. And I, there are plenty of RAV4 ads out there. It's kind of crazy. That seems like dog abuse. And Lauren, you are far from alone. There's a, there's all kinds of Facebook pages and, and websites about like how terrible this, these ads were. There was a petition. There's a change.org petition, which is still <laughs> open, which you can sign to have them take it down. They've been quote reported to the ASPCA, which I don't really know like what their jurisdiction here amounts to, but yeah, yeah basically you can't find this ad online because really? I'm sure it's been taken down and I, I've never seen it. I, Lauren, if you see it again, let us know uh, because I'm pretty sure that they, they got the message on this one, but you're totally right. So Do you think the, companies ever sue their ad agencies for malpractice? Oh, that would be great to find out. I don't know. I've never heard of it. I mean, they get fired you right. know, with some regularity. Yeah, and I would assume the contract might kind of cover liability. Um, and I assume that they'd have to sign, you know, the, the company has to sign off. Yeah, on the it's campaign. not like they're ever going to air a commercial that the, you know, uh, somebody, yeah, yeah some, the well, client that, is going to That just makes it all the more baffling that what can Brown do for you? Made <laughs> right, it to I the know. Airwaves. You're really like stuck on the idea that like this was obviously <laughs> like one person making a joke and uh, just like let it launch in, in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's uh, that's what we have. I guess I was just going to ask. So it's really offensive just because it's like kind of shitty dog ownership because you're not like getting out of Imagine your car. And... No, Andrew, you throw a stick in a raging river. The oh, dog jumps oh, in oh, I got and, you. And 
and floats down oh, or struggles down the river, that would drown I, I, a dog. You know what? I was kind of missing it. Yeah. I, so I, I, was, I see. P, a quick PSA. Do not throw uh, sticks and stuff for your dog to fetch into moving water. It's right. a horribly bad idea. Okay, good. I'm glad, I'm glad I asked for the clarification. I feel, feel smarter now. All right. Uh, <laughs> let, let's get out of here. You can sell anything. Ben Harrison, thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. I, yeah. you know, I sent you guys that idea with the hopes that you would do it. I had no no designs on getting <laughs> back on the show, but it was very flattering of you to have asked me. Um, did you slip into an accent there? I don't. I, I started to wonder if what I was saying made sense in the middle of saying it, and that's never a good thing. No, we're so glad. Thank you for suggesting this. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for staying up uh, quite late on your end to do this, and we love having you on. Thank you. My distinct pleasure. And let me remind everybody where they can find you. Uh, you co-host the podcast Let's Drink About It, and you also co-host the podcast The Greatest Generation, which... I would say is the best Star Trek podcast you ever hoid. <laughs> what do you guys think? What do you think? Good joke? Yeah. yeah well, I'm going to yeah. need to see that cigar pickle. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can find Ben on Twitter at, um, at Benjamin R A H R. That's me. Anything else? Do we miss anything? Uh, that's, the, that's, that's what I usually give out. That's, uh, that's, that's all true. Could you give us your phone number really quickly? <laughs> sure. It's 555. <laughs> All right, Ben. Thanks again. We really appreciate it. Uh, hey, everybody else. You want to catch us on Facebook? We know that there are probably a million slogans, whether they're local things that only uh, you and your friends know about or major national slogans that we missed that we should talk about. I'm even thinking maybe uh, next week we could even do a a whole feedback segment based sure. only on slogans or something like that. That's up I have to a you, feeling. Ad Council. That's up to you guys. Get to work. We hired you for a reason. So uh, post those on our Facebook page. You can go to After These Messages Show on Facebook.com. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's Facebook.com. Uh, email <laughs> us at uh, <laughs> After These Messages Show at gmail.com. We, like Ben, also have a phone number. Ours is six. Ours is real, by the way. <laughs> ours is 607 444 Five five nine seven six zero seven four 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 five five nine seven. That's all I got. You good, Vives? I'm good. All right, let's get out of here, everybody. Have a great Tuesday. Talk to you next week.